Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is Adam G. Simon, screenwriter, the most recent point blank. And if you are listening to I Doubt It with Dollamore, something is terribly wrong in your life. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is... I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody. Welcome to the show, episode 540 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I'm your host, as always, Jesse Dollamore, and I'm joined today by the other host of the program, the lovely, the talented, the scholarly Brittany Page. Did you have a good Labor Day? <laughs> good Labor Day. Uh, yeah. You did. I sure did. There you go. I just, uh, holidays. Mm-hmm. Whatevs. <laughs> well. I'm just not a holiday guy. Even Christmas, you know, Halloween. Uh-huh. I don't know. It was great. It was good. It was good times. I feel like mentioning... Not being a holiday guy and saying Christmas, Halloween. Well, I was just trying to think of mix in the different holidays. Like you get a religious holiday, of course, I'm not super crazy about. And then Halloween, which is the antithesis of a religious holiday. You know, Labor Day is kind of one of those. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I'm generally just not into forced celebration forced motivation even all right like like clap like we went to harley ruda's um town hall the other day we did and they're going through harley ruda is our congressman that is right multiple time guest on the program right uh we helped get him elected really i I would say we were chiefly instrumental in his election i would say had he not come on the show Oh, uh, he would have been fucking goner. Yeah, no one would even know his name. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'd still be calling him Hardy Rauda. Yeah. If it weren't for, for us. Exactly. <laughs> Ruda Gouda. Ruda like Gouda. That's mm-hmm. what he said. Oh, did he? Yeah, he did I say that. I thought I just came up with that. <laughs> I'm like doing him a favor. Like, hey, have you ever thought about teaching people how to say your name by saying that it rhymes with Gouda? Here is a great way to do it. <laughs> you probably never used that one before. Am I right? You made it your whole life and you never thought of it. So, <laughs> so anyway. I'm full of good advice. So anyway, as I cough my guts out here, we're at the, the town hall mm-hmm. and... Look, I don't want to shit on people, but the may- the mayor of Alicio Viejo, Aliso Viejo is... Which is where the town hall was held. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a gifted, dynamic public speaker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it it was almost as if in between sentences, you could hear... Coming from him. It was like he was leading a group meditation. Yes. Yeah. 
like a very somber prayer was being given while introducing accomplished congressman harley ruda well which was interesting because he was actually listing the accomplishments the whole point of the town hall was basically to give a review of the first six months right the things that had been achieved in the first six months and the mayor was spent some time really going through these accomplishments some might refer to it as essing the d yeah um you know there was only an hour here right and it started uh, at 6.30, and it ended right at 7.30. Yeah, yeah. And probably, I don't know, five minutes, seven minutes. It felt longer because of the meditation voice. Um, <laughs> Which it, was only very, like you said, a short time. It yeah. wasn't like a prolonged thing. Right. So he did the introduction, but then um, Harley Ruda got up there and also kind of went through more in-depth things that he's been working on which aren't super exciting because he's on like infrastructure like i know it's important (laughs) i know that but sometimes you start hearing about it and you kind of go into snooze fest we were there for the for the the q a is really what everything everybody was there for yes we could have read the fucking pamphlet to find out exactly what this six months is has had in store for, Absolutely. for Mr. Ruda. And when it came to the Q&A, I was expecting, um, because I have seen other yeah. town halls. You two, mics, and then walk up to the mic and ask a question? Absolutely. Yeah. Have like a direct interaction with your representative. Instead, right? he had the district director, also uh, a previous guest on the program, right. Laura Oatman, uh-huh. and she's reading questions that have been written on cards supposedly and i believe they were but supposedly uh submitted by by constituents right at one point because she was shuffling through the cards and i believe she felt self-conscious about how that appeared all eyes were on her you know the fix is in she's going for the easy questions she had to say into the mic just for those of you who are watching me kind of go through the cards I'm not trying to find the easiest question. It's just that a lot of these are about guns, and we've already taken a question about guns. Yeah. So I'm not going to keep asking questions about guns. And I heard that, and I was like, okay, that's a decent, you know, excuse. Likely story. Yeah, it looks a little (laughs) suspicious, but okay. Um, But generally speaking, I thought that um, the answers were pretty good. They weren't tough questions. We've sidetracked ourselves here. I was going for the while he was being introduced that everybody's it's like applause breaks for Harley. Listen, he gets his thanks every time he gets paid with the paycheck. We don't need to shower him with applause. He's not a a fucking war hero. He's a congressman who you elected to go in there and do a job. So anyway, all the fake motivation, all the fake rah rah kind of always gets on my nerves. And I kind of associate that also with holidays. Full circle. Yeah, but I also think it's good to talk just generally about the town hall. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, because it was actually going to be held in a smaller venue, and they had to move it at last minute because so many people RSVP, yeah, yeah. and they had to to move it to a bigger location, which I think is such a fantastic sign about how engaged people are politically. Because like I said, this started at 6.30. It was about a 40-minute drive for us in traffic, and... I, as soon as I got home from work, we left. 
uh, like immediately. Yeah, I, yeah. I set my my stuff down and then we left and um, we got there just in time and we stayed there the whole time and left at 730. Like that's a commitment. You know, you spend all day working. You drive you, on a toll road. Yeah, you have to <laughs> you have to sit in traffic and um, and go to this thing, you know. That's a commitment that that shows that someone is really invested. And yeah. I'm not trying to S our own D's right now. Um, I'm just saying that it, it was a good sign that so many people came out. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that hopefully that indicates what's going on everywhere, <laughs> even though it might not necessarily because it, it's just it, Orange County. It also as an extension, it's also good to see that people are involved and engaged. And I want to put this on there. Still, that it wasn't like, oh, we got a Democrat elected. Now we can sit back on our asses and let the fucking fat checks roll in. It's no, there's still work to do. And we need to stay engaged. We need to stay excited because that's what's going to take moving into 2020 to fucking take down Donald Trump, especially here in goddamn Orange County, which is radically, historically red. That's what John I was going to say. John Wayne International Airport. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say to clarify for those who may not know that it just turned blue, <laughs> Orange County. First time in like 60 years. So, yeah, I, I'm also glad that people don't think that just because it happened that it's safe and that this is the way that it's going to be yeah. just without effort. No, it's still going to take effort. And I also like that people in that room were holding their representative accountable and wanting answers from him because that is his role, right? Yeah. Um, even after he finished the Q&A, someone yelled out, why aren't you supporting the Green New Deal, right? And she she yelled it, I think, two more times and kind of forced him into a position because the room was silent. You could obviously hear her asking the question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she kind of forced the issue. He ha he was wrapping it up, like putting the mic down. But because he of, had put the mic down. Right. But because yeah. of the silent room, it was like, oh, shit, I'm being called yeah, on the I carpet. I can't avoid it because it's going to make me look like a douche. Right. Yeah. And so he answered it. And it was unsatisfactorily for the lady. Yeah. But uh, he like an adult, he answered the question. Even though he knew the answer wasn't going to be super popular. Yeah. And there was a, a pretty substantial pivot that occurred. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that it's one of the difficult things about being a politician. Yeah. Well, also be leadership. Just getting things done. You have to yeah, balance. You also have to appeal to a majority of people. Okay. And how do you do that? Uh, it's tough to do that and be like a genuine person. There's a little bit to playing the game yeah, when you're appealing sure. to the majority of yeah. people, you know, um, it, it's just the way it is, unfortunately. Um, so I, there was a little bit of that and I was bummed by it, but at the same time I was like, eh, it's kind of what happens, you know? Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm always torn because I'm, I'm such a, I have such an aggressive, part of me that has like a disdain or a distaste for power mm -hmm. for authority <laughs> and we we worked our asses off to try to get harley in office yeah had him on the show multiple times had him use the old studio to do uh, to do interviews with the competition quote unquote you know t the young turks and chatter he did all kinds of interviews in the studio we had him on you know I, so Oh, I, I love the guy. I think he's doing a great job, and I, I appreciate the fact that he is our representative. But when I get there, and he's a congressman now, it's like, 
I, I don't know. I've got kind of a thing in my head that's like, now he's part. Now he's the man. Fuck that guy. A little, <laughs> just a little bit. Part of me. Yeah. Even he, he's not doing a bad job. He really is doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's healthy. Um, well, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it can be, <laughs> right? right? Um, because it's important to hold people accountable, even yeah. the people that you like, even the people that are on your team, right? Yeah. You still want to be able to look at those people and ask yourself, are they being reasonable? Are they doing the best that they can? Am I just satisfied with this because they're on my team, right? Am yeah. I just satisfied with this because I helped them out and we had a friendly connection, you know? Um, so I think it is important to still maintain that view that you have. Look, it would be easy for, for me to really dig Harley Rudick because when Jesse and Brittany walk into a room, he's like, oh, hey, Jesse and Brittany, he knows us. It would be very easy... You're convincing me that it's okay that I feel this way a little bit. Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, I yeah. appreciate that. Thanks yeah. for making me feel good about myself, Brittany Page. Isn't that what the woman's role is on a podcast? Is <laughs> <laughs> to support the man. Right. In, in all things, in life in general. Yeah. Women should be supporting the man. Mm. It's a support role. Well, It's like best supporting... Whatever. Yes. Well, on that note, um, we got nominated. Oh, more Orange County news. Yeah. In the OC Weekly for the best podcast in best, Orange County. Best local podcast. Which is really exciting. Yeah. Because a lot of people had to go to the website and fill out the little form and type in the name of the show and click submit. And that took some work, you know? Yeah. And apparently a lot of them fucked it up. Well... <laughs> you know what I mean? There is it's a not, little bit of a weird thing on there now. It's yes. not I Doubt It with Dollamore by Jesse Dollamore. That would be the most up my own ass name <laughs> of a show than it already is. Yeah. If I titled the show in iTunes, I Doubt It with Dollamore by Jesse Dollamore. I don't know. It makes a lot of sense to erase the accomplishments of a woman on a podcast. You know? Yeah. It's really a man's it, world out there. Especially for a a progressive magazine like OC Weekly. Yeah. Well, let's not talk too terribly about them because we hope to win um, right. the well, let's contest. Tell everybody, let's tell everybody how to do it. Well, please go Honestly, vote. this is not the most like readable link so your best bet is to just google oc weekly best of 2019 that will get you there but if you insist ocweekly.com slash best dash of dash 2019 okay and here's what you do once you're in there the best of 2019 oc weekly it's on the facebook page yes you can click arts and entertainment that's our category and then you can scroll down to best local podcast. And then we are listed there at the top. I doubt it with Dollamore by Jesse Dollamore. <laughs> uh, just Jesse wow. D, everybody. Um, and you can click on that one. Or there's one about The Bachelor if you prefer that. Uh, and then you can scroll to the bottom you to submit. Do not do that. I'm kidding, obviously. Just based on the fucking ethics and the morality of it <laughs> you don't vote for a bachelor related 
anything. I agree. I hope, ladies and gentlemen, even though this podcast is about the men who watch The Bachelor, uh-huh. I hope nobody in our audience watches that fucking drivel, that trash. Okay, we're trying to get votes here. Remember about appealing to the majority? Come on now. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, try not to have too many opinions. Um, <laughs> so then you scroll and you click submit. And guess what? You can do that once per day. Okay? Once per day. So I would set an alarm. Honestly, yeah. I would set an alarm, yeah. remind you to, to vote. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty important. So um, we we're really excited about it. I don't want to downplay it. It's very exciting. You it's know, a cool thing. Over three million people live in Orange County and uh, almost as many people live in Orange County as live in L.A. in Los Angeles. Yeah. So, so if we were going to be the best local podcast of L.A. That would be a big fucking deal. Yeah, it's really exciting stuff. So we appreciate all of you that, that took the time out of your day to go and nominate us. And we appreciate all of you that are going to take the time out of your day to vote for us. We're every also day. up against Comedy Bang Bang, which is a big, giant fucking show. Yeah. So they have a TV show. Yeah, so... Are you not wanting me to pr- promote them? I'm not, okay. yeah. So uh, <laughs> we're really looking forward to it, and we appreciate you guys. Uh, we will be posting about it in an ob- obnoxious fashion over the next month, because I think you have until the 26th to vote. Um, so we really appreciate it. We're really excited. Just resign to that fact. Yeah. You're going to be bothered by it. Exactly. It's like when we promote the Thanksgiving episode that we want you to... Ooh, that's coming up, too. <laughs> Can't wait to harass you with that as well. That will begin probably as soon as uh, we get done yammering about this. Yeah. All right. Let's get to a voicemail. Uh, We got one voicemail. I think we got a couple of emails. I'm going to drop the phone number before we do. We'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from the smartphone that you can't keep your hands off of to idoubtit at dollamore.com. Hey, uh, Brittany and Jesse. My name is Lee. I'm from Detroit. Um, just a little background. I'm a Army veteran, multiple tours, Iraq and Afghanistan, and I wanted to uh, comment on some of the things you guys have been talking about lately. The first thing is um, the idea that I, especially as a uh, black man in America and a combat veteran, need to somehow sort of deal with racists because if I withdraw, they're just going to get worse. Dude, there's no middle ground with a racist. There's none. I I can't do it. I can't do it if you're racist towards Asian people, if you're racist towards... it's, It's not just my group. That's something I can't do. And my second point, real quick, is in your last episode, you asked, uh, the last thing you changed your mind on, now, I've changed my mind on things like olives and whatnot, but the last major thing I've changed my mind on um, is homosexuality. Now, I'm going on 40, but I was raised as an evangelical Christian. Uh, my grandfather himself was a minister. And it took me until, like, my mid-20s to actually fundamentally change my mind on that. I've been a liberal all my life. But it took me that long to just change. So sometimes people can change. However, as a a minority in America, we can't find any middle ground with bigots. Like, there's no middle ground to be had. And I understand what Wayne was trying to say. However, I can't have a conversation, you know, with a Klan member. Uh, Thanks for taking the call. 
Obviously, Brittany's the best part. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Bye. So let me let me fucking blow your mind, Lee. And I agree with you the, about the racism. That there's no middle ground. It's but but what to, several points here. One, there's the difference between a racist and someone just has a kind of an ignorant view of the races. I would just say that. Two, what if someone who was a member of the LGBT community 15 years ago would have said, fuck that guy, fuck Lee. He'll never change his mind. He is a bigot. You just said, no room for bigots. You held bigoted views about gays. I used to hold horrible, terrible, Christian-centric views about homosexuals. Most Americans did. Look yeah. at look at the stats on American support and approval of same-sex marriage. Yeah. Right? I mean, it only flipped relatively yeah. recently Obama to be the majority. And, and Hillary Clinton didn't turn around until like 2012. Yeah. May of 2012 or something. Yeah. So I would just be very cautious about throwing ultimate unchangeable labels on people. Now, listen, if you're a member of the Klan, like you said, fuck yeah, fuck them. It's not your responsibility. If someone feels that, that they have, you know, the spirit moves them to try to take up the mantle of changing people's hearts and minds who are members of the Klan, goddamn, good on them. We need more people like them. I wouldn't expect you, Lee, to do that. I, you know, if I can't bring myself to do it, I can't expect you to do it. However... The views you used to hold about gays were bigoted. That's just the fucking way it is. That's the facts. That's just lexicography. That's just the definition of the word. And I, I, I hold myself in that same camp. So I would just, I would hope that we would all be a little bit more easygoing about this particular thing. Um... Especially when we take into account the, the the views that we used to have that we don't hold anymore because they were problematic. I I want to talk about um, McRae Game, um, who led Hope for Wholeness, a faith based conversion therapy program. Oh yeah, I think I heard about this um, for like two decades. Um, obviously, conversion therapy is um, the discredited practice um, that attempts to change or get rid of um, an LGBTQ person's identity through counseling, which is wildly harmful. It is condemned as harmful. By, it's illegal in many states. Right. By all of the most notable um, psych psychological organizations. Yeah. Illegal for minors, I should say. Um, so this guy, McRae Game, he is gay and he is now coming out and saying that he's gay, has always been gay, and he is denouncing, right, that yeah. he was once a part of this organization and he's starting to grapple with the harm that he caused. Yeah. And he said this quote that I appreciate. Um, so I'm going to read it here. Quote, I was a religious zealot that hurt people. People said they attempted suicide over me and the things I said to them. Wow. 
people I know are in therapy because of me. Why would I want that to continue? And he published a, a written apology to his personal Facebook page. Uh, in that personal apology, he called for the dissolution of any conversion therapy practice or ex-gay ministry. And even though he's condemning the practices, he's still saying that that organization that he worked for, Hope for Wellness, could serve as a community for those that believe, quote, homosexuality is incongruent with their faith. So he's still mixed up. Yeah. I mean, that as I was reading this profile of him, I was thinking, okay, this is someone who's still kind of grappling with what's going on. Yeah. Right. They are not fully comfortable. He is not fully comfortable disconnecting from this organization, from what he's built. Well, evangelical Christianity is a uh, it's a virus. It's a toxicity. It is a cancer, and he is afflicted by it. I mean, he's he's clearly having a hard time. I I liked this quote from Casey Pick, a senior fellow for advocacy and government affairs at the Trevor Project. Uh, quote: While games coming out in condemnation of conversion therapy is important, he needs to take ownership of the role he played in others' pain and be sensitive to their healing process and careful with how he chooses to interact with them. I think that that is the most concise way yeah. to put it. Yeah. Um, so you're hearing a lot of these stories. Okay. People coming out and saying that the things that they would advance have been harmful to people. You had the guy who was like the leader of the purity movement. I forgot his name, but he like read a book that really kickstarted it all off. Hmm. And he recently announced his divorce. And then he announced that he doesn't hold those beliefs anymore. So you're starting to see this happen. People shedding their beliefs. Leaders, people that have been prominent figures in Christianity and purity movements, in conversion therapy, anti-gay ministry. We've even seen it with racists like Christian Piccolini. Right. Um, and it's important to watch what they do after they announce these things, right? How they actually try to make up for the harm that they've caused. Yeah, yeah. And, and don't ignore it. It is harm. This is real harm that this man has caused to people. I mean, he watered it down with people have attempted suicide or talked about suicide. Very likely people have actually taken their lives because of the things he espoused. Yeah, he worked with that organization yeah. for two decades. Yeah. Suicide rates through the fucking roof with that community. So while it's important that these people are coming out publicly and changing their minds, that's the whole point of why I'm talking about this, uh, to connect it to, to Lee's voicemail, um, it is important that they're changing their minds. It is important that they're coming forward and admitting that they've changed their minds. And it's not as though I'm trying to attack McRae game or any of these people that have come out and admitted that they've changed. It's just that if you have caused harm with your beliefs, yeah. there's more work to do than just coming out and saying... It's going to take more than a Facebook post. I disavow. I don't agree with that anymore. Yeah. That's not the position that I hold. Okay, we'll get to work. Yeah. Because you need to reverse some stuff that you did. For sure. Well, listen, th there's a lot of moving parts to this. and uh, I think really this kind of boils down to I cannot put onto Lee any expectation of how he deals with people who are bigots. Especially to people who are bigots 
to his in-group. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to put an expectation on him. Right. Just like no one should put an expectation on me how I should behave with bigots or racists around me. You need to use your skills. You need to use your strengths however you can. And if that means withdrawing and not interacting, then fucking do that because that's going to be the healthiest thing. Yeah. The other thing is, and it struck me, and I just remembered, is when he said, as a black man, you can't expect me to blah, blah, blah. And I'm not, I'm not uh, dismissing what you said with the blah, blah, blah. I'm just, that's not the point. But then you also said, Lee, as a combat veteran, what the fuck does that have to do with dealing with bigots? And I don't know if Lee knows, I, I am also a veteran. Um, it just it was incongruent. It stuck in my ear. So I wanted to, you know, any chance I get to, uh, you know. <laughs> To point something out. No, no. It just, you know, I think a lot of a lot of a lot of vets, and he's probably gonna be pissed now, but that's kind of how it works. Um, they really wanna they wanna really append themselves to that veteran thing, that combat, like that doesn't really have anything to do with how you move through the world dealing with bigots or not. Being black, fuck yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, and that's also I want to highlight the the point that you made previously to whatever it is that's happening right now. Um, <laughs> there on several different occasions, right on this show, this happens probably every episode and we just don't don't hear about it every time. But we all view the world and hear the world through our own personal experiences, right? The things, Absolutely. the things that we see and that we hear are colored by our own personal experiences, our own biases, and we need to take that into account because sometimes what we hear or what we see can be skewed by those exper- experiences and those biases. And I think some people got the impression when we were having this conversation over the past three episodes that one or both of us were telling anybody how to comport themselves in situations where they encounter racists or where they have to be around racist family members. And that was not happening. So if that was something that you heard, I just want to make sure that you understand that neither party here was telling anyone what they should or should not do. Right. We said repeatedly that it is an individual decision And we took different perspectives over three different episodes so that people could weigh those different perspectives and accommodate it into their own worldview and decide what the best approach is for them. Yeah. That's really it. Well, really, and we do that very, very... We make a decision to do that. That is is intentional. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not going to have you... Fuck up a family relationship. Cut your mother or your father off because that's what I did. Because that worked for me. It'll work for everybody. That is fucking nonsense. And if anybody says you have to do this, this is the way it should be done. If that doesn't rub you right, if that doesn't stick with you, if that doesn't uh, resonate with you, then maybe be taking some advice from somebody else. You have to live with these people. I don't. Lee, thank you for the call. We we very much appreciate um, all of the, whether it be dissenting opinions or, or just sharing um, what's on your mind. So this email is from Charles from Kansas O. 
I don't know if that is a typo and he meant Kansas or if there is a location that I am unaware of. <laughs> Kansas. Maybe it's Kansaso. Kansaso. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Jesse and Brittany. Hey, guys. Let me start off by saying that I do love the show and the format. By this point, I am sure you were expecting an except for. I am very much ex- waiting for that, but... <laughs> but there really isn't one. I'm just hoping that maybe you could help me understand. Here it comes. It was a soft one. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. In show 538, Jesse says that he has a big problem with assault weapons, but not as big a problem with handguns. Here's what I don't get about that. What we term an assault rifle nowadays is simply a semi-automatic rifle with extra features that, as far as I can tell, have no effect on how deadly the rifle is. Wrong. Even if you I take... I pulled a Donald Trump. Wrong. Even if you take the broader category of semi-auto rifles, they are responsible for way less deaths and shootings than handguns are. Guns are dangerous tools, and like every other dangerous tool, they need to be regulated for safety. I just don't understand why y'all... Little, I'm assuming he I'm, means me. I'm going to insert myself here. It went from Jesse to y'all. Right. It um, always happens. Seem to have this reaction about assault weapons when the facts just don't seem to bear out that conclusion. Seeking understanding, Charles from Kansas O. P.S. I know y'all would rather have a voicemail, but I never seem to be in a good place to record. Thanks again. If I could just say one thing before you talk. Um, wow. Well, Maybe that I, needs to be a drop. If I could just say one thing before you fucking run your mouth. I said talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> Charles didn't provide a link for um, his uh, statements here. about His claims of statistics. Right. And that is really, really important. And I... I I'm saying this because I want people to get in the habit of doing that, especially if you are in a situation where you are attempting to argue a point or you're attempting to sway someone else. It drives me insane when I'm reading threads online and I see people arguing and they're just going back and forth saying things that they assume to be facts and they're not putting a source. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just very simple. Just ask someone for a source, and sometimes that will end the discussion right there because they don't have it. Yeah. That's just a little side note. All right. Just a little tip. So he, here's he, here's the answer, Charles. Um, well, one, I think that we will be um, taking care of a lot of the, the unnecessary gun death in the country by putting in a policy of universal background checks. Closing the gun the gun show loopholes, and so everyone who buys a weapon, whether it be through a private sale or whether it be through a licensed gun dealer, you are you are checked out by the FBI. A criminal uh, background check. It, so there's no flags, whether it be domestic violence, uh, no flags, whether it be uh, mental you know incapacitation relative to being checked in or or institutionalized. Any of the the uh, negative things that would take away your right to own a weapon. Second, um, we do fundamentally have a right to bear arms in this country under the Second Amendment. That's just what it is. Current Supreme Court a- opinion under Heller, the Heller ruling, uh, did establish that you have an individual right to keep and bear arms. Now, the reason I talk about... the um, Assault weapons is because we need to stop the the scourge, the epidemic 
of mass shootings in this country. Certainly, handguns are dangerous. Certainly, they are used occasionally, or maybe more than occasionally, in a mass shooting type of mass casualty event. However, it is the AR-style assault weapons that can cause mass casualties. The Las Vegas shooter didn't bang out a window and start fucking firing handguns wildly into the air. He had an AR-style weapon with a bump stock. Now, your claim that every semi-automatic weapon is an assault weapon, that is not true. That they just have a few extra features, but none that would make them more dangerous. That is not true. The AR-15 is a civilian version of an MX- M- M16. The M16A2. It doesn't have a three-round burst like the M16A2 does. It is only semi-automatic, which for those of you who aren't firearm literate, means you pull the trigger, a bullet comes out. You pull the trigger again, the bullet comes out. You don't have to rack anything. You don't have to cock anything. There's no bolt action on it. The other aspect about it is that it's air-cooled, so you can continue to fire at a far greater rate than just a hunting rifle that's semi-automatic. Because of the design of the weapon, you can kill more people more readily than with a hunting rifle that's also a semi-automatic. That is why assault-style weapons, weapons of war, weapons that are designed to kill as many human beings in a short amount of time as possible, should not be on the streets. Well, and I think that's the distinction. Yes. So I was looking up the the stats um, that Charles didn't include. And um, <laughs> according to FBI data, most murders caused by guns do involve handguns. But that's the distinction, right? That, yes. Mass casualty events is what I'm talking about. Right. Handguns can obviously be involved in murders. And according to the FBI data, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... This is a mass casualty conversation. Right. Uh, what measures can be put into place that will prevent um, these mass shootings from happening? So, yes, obviously, a lot of murders are being um, carried out through the use of handguns, for right. sure. But a lot of the gun control conversations that we have on the show are in response to these mass shootings that continue to occur. We also need to be um, clear-eyed about what can be accomplished. Deal with reality on reality's terms here. We know what the Second Amendment says. We might not agree with it. We may want it appealed. Repealed, excuse me. Um, But that's not what we have right now. Incrementalism is the hand we've been dealt, and we need to deal with our problems in that manner. And if it's just, if, if all we can get done is background checks, universal background checks, let's fucking jump on that and do it. And then the next step, we'll take with the next step. Uh, universal background checks and um, like something like red flag laws. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, things yeah. like on that. On a federal level, though. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Charles, I mean, I, I know I get fired up and rant and rave a little bit. But we have but a loving a good, relationship. It's a great question. This yeah. is a great question. Absolutely. Um, it's all part of moving the conversation forward. And, and I guess I'm not even going to act like I'm skirting the issue. I don't think handguns should be banned. I just don't. The majority of Americans agree with you. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I mean, I would assume that would be the case because, you know. I, I just read it. I, I think good things. Well, <laughs> let's not go too far. God damn! Do we have another email? Thank you for the email, Charles. We appreciate it very much. We do not. All right. Moving on. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash idoubtitwithdollamore. We would like to thank our latest Patreon supporter, Gregory. Gregory! For supporting the show. Very nice. We appreciate that so much. You know, Gregory, you just missed out on the monthly Zoom hangout calls. If you don't know what those are, it is a monthly video chat with us and listeners from all over the world. And this past weekend, we had them. It's usually on a Friday night and a Saturday morning. And they were a lot of fun. Always a lot of fun. Yeah. So that is something that if you are a Patreon supporter and you haven't checked out, we would recommend that you check that out. I am putting together, putting the finishing touches on the latest issue of the newsletter as well. That is one of the perks for some of the Patreon supporters as well. And go check out the other perks stickers all kinds of stuff but what you really get is more podcast and that's what everybody needs well you you could rest assured that i would hope that it's not about the perks i i think that it is uh you are really doing a a a solid here by helping to move the conversation forward by by giving us the latitude to grow and with growth comes more conversation with heavy hitters you know, congressmen, congresswomen, um, representatives, politicians of all types, thought leaders, professors, you know, anyway, anyway. So we appreciate your support and we do have a, a bonus episode coming up soon. And uh, I have some good books that I'm finishing up that I hope to have those authors on for bonus episodes as well. Don't forget that we always take suggestions. If you are wanting us to have an author on or some sort of notable figure that you think we should reach out to, let us know. I doubt it at dollamore.com or 657-464-7609. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. Speaking of incrementalism and speaking of gun policy in the United States, uh, Walmart, in the wake of these multiple mass shootings that have taken place in and around Walmarts, and even instances where idiots walk into a Walmart with a an AR-15 strapped around their neck with their cell phone out to see if their rights are going to be trampled upon. Walmart has made a decision that they are going to stop selling certain types of ammunition and certain types of weapons. Walmart's big move against guns. America's largest employer has announced that they will stop selling ammunition used in assault-type rifles after the August mass shootings, including one at an El Paso Walmart that left 22 people dead. 
Rebecca Jarvis here with the story. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, Georgia. And this is a very significant move by Walmart, not just the largest private employer in the country, but also the largest retailer with 4,000 storefronts. Now CEO Doug McMillan taking a stand on gun violence in America. This morning, the head of the nation's largest retailer addressing gun violence head on. Walmart CEO Doug McMillan writing in a letter to employees, it's clear to us that the status quo is unacceptable, promising the company will discontinue sales of short barrel rifle ammunition, discontinue sales of handgun ammunition, and discontinue handgun sales in Alaska, the last state where Walmart currently sells them. The move comes amid a surge in mass shootings in America, including this weekend when seven people were killed by a shooter in Texas. This summer, Walmart itself has been at the center of several gun-related incidents. One month ago, 22 people killed by a gunman in a hate-filled attack at an El Paso Walmart. A few days prior, two Walmart workers were killed in this store in Mississippi, with a fellow employee charged in the shooting. And in August, an armed 20-year-old was charged for making terrorist threats after he entered the store carrying a rifle and 100 rounds of ammunition. Many anti-gun activists applauding the move, but the NRA called it shameful to see Walmart succumb to the pressure of anti-gun elites. The Walmart CEO himself, a gun owner, encouraging the president and Congress to take action. Legislation to close loopholes on all gun sales was passed by the House in February, but has been stalled in the Senate. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell saying Tuesday he's waiting on the president. If the president... Uh, took a position on, on uh, a bill that, so that we knew we would actually be making a law and not just having uh, serial uh, votes, I'd be happy to put it on the floor. Walmart currently sells 2% of firearms in the U.S. and one in every five bullets. And it isn't the first retailer to curb gun sales. In March of last year, after the Parkland, Florida school shooting, Dick's Sporting Goods stopped selling assault-style weapons in 125 of its 730 stores. Their CEO talking about the decision with GMA last year. We felt we really needed to do something. And uh, so we've uh, decided not to sell these assault weapons any longer in any of our stores. Still, most guns sold here in the U.S. are sold through private independent dealers and at gun shows. Walmart is also offering to help the smaller retailers, offering to give away for free its software, which runs compliance checks. George. Meantime, other big retailers are feeling this pressure. Yeah, that's right. Major grocery chain Kroger asked its customers yesterday to stop openly carrying guns. They're also calling on lawmakers to strengthen background checks. And you see more and more pressure, George, coming not only from shareholders and outsiders, but also employees calling on their companies to do more. They don't feel safe at work. Playing more of a public role. Okay, Rebecca, thanks very much. So part of what went into this decision was the two horrific events in one week that happened at uh, Walmart stores, uh, the recent shootings in El Paso, Texas, and South Haven, Mississippi, which killed 24 people. Yeah. Um, apparently Walmart is still going to continue to sell the shotguns and rifles that they carry. So while their ammunition sales are expected to drop, they are still going to be selling some. Yeah, but what they said there is stark and very surprising that one out of five bullets is sold by a Walmart. That's 20% of ammunition in the country that's sold 
is sold by a Walmart. That's that's insane. But let me say this about that. Let me say this about that, Brittany. Mm-hmm. This and that. Something like a... Some song I can't think of. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is supposed to be the best podcast in Orange County, That huh? is right, everybody. We're going to live up to it. All right. Let's not act like Walmart is just being all altruistic and humanitarian in the way that they're acting. This is clearly a good business decision for them. That's the conclusion they've come to. They are clearly forecasting. Listen, if Walmart, the most successful capitalist organization ever known to man, maybe. If they're good at anything, they're good at forecasting into the future. They're not going to be making a short-term a decision snap like this. They're looking into the future to gauge, to forecast public opinion, to forecast the culture. Long-term, we're talking here. And maybe, I mean, obviously it seems to me that they have calculated that it might be a short-term loss, but it's going to be a long-term gain. Because if it was the other way around, they wouldn't be making the decision. An organization like Walmart doesn't make decisions because this is what's popular today. They do things because they're experts, they're statisticians, they're executives, people who make lots of fucking money to be smart people calculate that this is the right way to go for the future. Well, and to Charles' concern, Walmart is also saying that they're going to end the sale of handguns in Alaska, the only state where Walmart sells handguns. Yeah. And they're going to stop selling ammunition for all handguns nationwide as well. Yeah. Which... That will that that should, you know, be a a positive mark. Well, it, I know everyone is really waiting for us to announce what Ben Shapiro thought about this. So <laughs> we should probably jump into that. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, he re- no wait. <laughs> Too chill. The left has found a new way of implementing policy from the top down without the use of government. Simply pressure massive corporations to do their political bidding. Yeah, because Walmart really listens to the left. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. Is it the left who has Walmart um, not have Eminem albums? Is it the left that has Walmart censor certain albums before they'll put them on the shelves? Fuck you, Ben Shapiro, you fraud. Get the fuck out of here. He continued, this is a dangerous precedent and adds to the continuing polarization of the country. Are we now going to have politically segregated big box stores? Ugh. What's funny about this, isn't he now pressuring massive corporations to do his political bidding? That is exactly right. By kind of... Yeah, by rallying his crowd. Right. I mean, he retweeted a Daily Wire link where he's (laughs) writing about this, so... I wonder how he spells hypocrite. Is it the same way I spell it? <laughs> Not sure. Oh. Anyway, let's move on to a little Donald Trump news. I wish we had a Donald Trump drop. We'd just be playing it all the fucking time, though. I feel like I have not been paying as much attention to him. You feel good? And I feel good. Yeah. Yes. Although I'm not looking forward to the the upcoming shit show. 
of the campaign. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's not yes, going to be. Because then we will be hearing more from him. Yes. And we'll have to. Yeah, every show will just be. We'll have to listen to him. Yeah. We, we, well, it's, you know, I think it's important. I, you know how I feel about it. I think it's important to hear him because it, it keeps it in your mind, the situation we're in. It keeps it present and, and uh, urgent. I totally agree. I'm just telling you I have felt better not having yeah. to deal with it. Well, Hurricane Doria, Category 5 Hurricane. Dorian. Dorian. I wrote Doria. <laughs> As though I've not been hearing it on the news fucking nonstop. You're thinking about pizza. That is a local pizza place, mm-hmm. speaking of Best of OC. Mm-hmm. So uh, Donald Trump. It was coming in. Oh, it's a Category 5. I've never heard of a Category 5. This is a a once in a life. What is with his deal? He says it about everything. Everything's the greatest, the biggest, the worst, the most terrible. It's. I think it's because he wants to, to, everything he wants to be record setting, even if it's bad, but during his presidency. Mm -hmm. I had to deal with the worst hurricanes, the most terrible tornadoes the most tremendous growth the the, everything's the best or the worst well he this is him i'm gonna play two two things here one is him from just the other day talking about the category five how he's never heard of it before and then the other clip i'm going to play is from 2017 where he says the same thing I'm not sure that I've ever even heard of a Category 5. Category 5 is something that uh, I don't know that I've ever even heard the term. He doesn't even know if he's ever heard the term. I mean, he's 74 years old. He doesn't know if he's ever heard the term Category 5 hurricane. Yeah. (laughs) Well, apparently he has heard it because two years ago... He said it. They've never seen a category like this come in because it came in really at a five. It was a category five. I never even knew a category five existed. Got hit as a five, category five storm, which just literally never happened. It actually touched down as a category five. People have never seen anything like that. This has been a category five, which few people have ever even heard of. A category five. Nobody's ever heard of a five hitting land. Category five. Hurricane, Category 5. Never heard about Category 5s before. Category (laughs) 5 is big stuff. Oh, my God. So. He's a very smart man. Yeah. It's what we talked about this and you made a good point. Ah, Which is. Yes. Wow. That there is some sort of incentive here to talking about how it's unlike anything we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. We've never heard about it, right? Because he's going to be the one that leads us through it. Yeah. Right? This That's thing right. that we've never heard about. This thing that we have never even heard about. It's so big, right? Yeah. I thought that was a good point. <laughs> well, here's here's what happened. Because the, there was all kinds of news around the, the hurricane. The other thing that happened related to this hurricane, Dorian, is that he tweeted out that it was Alabama was in the crosshairs. Look out, Florida and Georgia and South Carolina and North Carolina and Alabama, which is a whole nother state inland. <laughs> and the Weather Service came out and said, well, no. No, (laughs) Alabama's fine. Alabama's safe. Don't panic, Alabama. 
Yeah. We know you know you're not in the thing. Just because Donald dumb guy Trump said it doesn't mean that you're in the crosshairs. We know the president is giving you information over Twitter, but don't believe it. That is right. Please. Well, the media picked up on the fact that the National Weather Service or NOAA or whoever it was, it was an official agency, said, no, he's wrong. I mean, they just said, no, Alabama, you're fine. And Donald Trump hasn't been able to shut the fuck up about it. Well, he can't be corrected. That's right. He's not wrong about anything. He took to the Oval Office today. And he holds up this map. And it's got the little, the little round cone. The cone of, of. From the hurricane. The hurricane's traveling path. Where it's heading, right. The big, long, snaky, semen-like teardrop. The predicted path of the hurricane. That is right. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you see this little Sharpie on the end that kind of like burp, that like reached over into Alabama. Scooped up Alabama into the path. Yeah. Obviously, some idiot with a Sharpie. Yeah. It wasn't like professionally done. Yeah. It's like, let's fit this one in, guys. It it wasn't in the same color as the, the semen teardrop. Right. Can you believe this? Right. He's so motivated to be correct about something that actually is tragic. Right. That that will put more people in harm's way. He can't just say, oh, really? I was wrong. Alabama won't be involved. It won't be in the path. That's great. Let's make sure we have every person in Alabama know that they are they are free and clear. They are not in danger. Well, listen to what he said instead of that while he's showing the map. We had actually our original chart was that it was going to be hit hitting Florida directly. Maybe I could just see that, Kevin. Uh, it was going to be hitting directly, and that would have affected a lot of other states. Uh, but that was the original uh, chart, and you see, it was going to hit uh, not only Florida but Georgia. It could have uh, was going toward the Gulf. That was what we what was originally projected, and it took a right turn. This really does show me that they're flying by the seat of their fucking pants. That it's just ah. Oh, shit, that's the wrong chart. Let's get a Sharpie and change it. Like, no one's going to notice. Yeah. Like, the media and the American public are so fucking dumb Mm -hmm. that they're not going to notice that. Well, it only took minutes later when he was given a presser and a reporter asked him about this very thing. You showed us the map earlier, the initial forecast of it. It appeared to have uh, been, I guess, edited or something to include... Alabama, can you explain how that change was made? Did no, that I just know. Yeah, I, I know that Alabama was in the original forecast. Uh, they thought it would get it as a piece of it. It was supposed to go. Actually, we have a better map than that, which is going to be presented where we had many lines going directly, many models, each line being a model, and they were going directly through. And in all cases, Alabama was hit, uh, if not lightly, in some cases, pretty hard. Georgia, Alabama it was a different route. Uh, they actually gave that a 95% chance probability. It turned out that that was not what happened. It made the right turn up the coast. But Alabama was hit very hard and uh, was going to be hit very hard along with Georgia. But under the current, uh, they won't be. Uh, Georgia will be possibly. Uh, we're going to see. We're right, we're right at that point right now. But I think Georgia is going to be in great shape. Uh, everyone's going to be in great shape because we're going to take care of it regardless regardless but the original path was through florida that was probably three days i think that's probably three four days old the original path that most people thought it was going to be taken as you know was right through florida where 
on the right would have been Georgia, Alabama, etc. Sorry, and that map that you showed us today looked like it almost had like a sharpie. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And everybody's going to be great because we're going to take care of them. I mean, it's not like they're fucking Puerto Rico. Uh, Come on. And oh, we got a better map. Even a better map we're going to be presenting. He's so fucking focused on this. Here's JTAP and Caitlin Collins from CNN talking about this very thing. As the storm is barreling down on the United States, President Trump used an altered map of Hurricane Dorian's path while in the Oval Office today uh, to show that Alabama might have been hit, as he had said and been mocked online for saying. CNN's White House correspondent Caitlin Collins joins me now. Caitlin, people are actually have now died from this storm, and President Trump is still focused on proving that his tweet was correct? Is well, that- and remember, the president is in charge of overseeing the federal response to a storm like this, so that's why it's incredibly important what a president says in a time like this. And- I love a quizzical Jake. Yeah. So he's, he's what, what do you call it in therapy? Therapeutic wonderment. Therapeutic wonderment, where you're like, well, g- give me an example of what it is. Well, it's a way to kind of have the client feel comfortable to explore something that you know the answer to and you're trying to That's coach fact. them into knowing the answer to. Right? So he's like, so is he like really insecure about the thing? Is that what he, he was wrong about it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. This all goes back to this briefing today in the Oval Office, this hurricane briefing the president was receiving where he pulled out this dated map, a map that he received during a briefing last week that showed the projection of the storm of Hurricane Dorian. And it had this little thing called the cone of uncertainty on it. That's where the potential of the storm could go, but the experts aren't exactly sure because, of course, like this one did, it turned. But, of course, today it had a little addition to it, this black Sharpie line that had been drawn on top of that projection cone, showing that Alabama could potentially be in the path of Hurricane Dorian, even though experts had said that was not the case. This comes after President Trump tweeted on Saturday that Alabama could be impacted by the storm, could be hit by the storm, something he insisted later on at the FEMA headquarters, even though the National Weather Service in Birmingham, Alabama, came out in a tweet and said Alabama was not going to be impacted in any way by Hurricane Dorian. Still, since those tweets came out, since the president was criticized for saying that they could be impacted when they were likely not to be, according to the experts, the president has insisted, yes, Alabama was in the projected path of this storm, as he did today with this doctored map, which, of course, there are questions now about who it is that altered it. The president said today he doesn't know. We know he's famous for using Sharpies to write letters to people. DHS is saying they did not provide the president with this altered map. And NOAA, which handles a lot of this, said they don't know, and they're referring us back to the White House on this. Okay. I mean, people are dead from the storm, and others might also be killed. And he's focused on proving something that he said that was apparently wrong is actually right. I mean, that's bizarre. Here's here's my best uh, imitation of uh, JTAP. Uh, okay. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck my life. Mm-hmm. This is what I have to do. Yeah. But there is no one among Republican circles right now who will challenge Donald Trump. And I don't know what it is about me. The what this flaw, this intrinsic failure on my part that I, I I I'm continuing to be shocked at like guys like Mike Pence that he's just completely shameless in 
the the, the just the the the, sh- the sheer nakedness of the lies. Like I know he's a fraud and he's a fucking religious zealot and he's a liar, but it it still just kind of shocks me at just how fucking obvious it is. Because mm-hmm. he's in Ireland right now. And it was recommended that he stay, recommended by Donald Trump, that he stay 188 miles away from Dublin, where his meetings are, so he could stay and the Secret Service could stay at uh, his, Donald Trump's golf course on the opposite coast of Ireland. Mm-hmm. Again, keep in mind, Mike Pence isn't breaking out a credit card to pay the United States taxpayers. The government pays for all of the staff to stay, for all of the staff to eat there, for all of the security to eat there and stay there. Massive amounts of dollars are being poured into Donald Trump's bank accounts. And when asked about it, Mike Pence's um, chief of staff said, oh, well, the, the president, uh, it wasn't a command, but he recommended it. And here is Mike Pence it, trying to explain it away after they've denied that. Donald Trump has tweeted that's not the case. He's pissed about it. Here's Mike Pence giving the lamest fucking excuse for something I have ever heard. Thanks, sir. Just to give you a chance to respond, Democrats have criticized you today for staying at the Trump property in Dunebeg. They say you're enriching the president. What's your response to that criticism? It's wonderful to be back in Ireland. For many reasons. <laughs> Ireland is so important to the United States of America as a trading partner. But in so many ways, for more than 30 million Americans, Ireland is family. Mm. And I'm one of them. Oh, so exciting. I mean, it's deeply humbling for me. So humble. To be able to come back to Ireland and have the opportunity to go to the very hometown of my mother's grandmother. Oh, the family now. We'll we'll have dinner tonight at a little pub that I worked at when I was 22 years old when I came over here shortly after my grandfather passed away. And right across the street is the house where my great-grandmother grew up. She often spoke of the castle that was out the window of her bedroom. And uh, to be able to be here, uh, to be able to reaffirm our commitment to the Republic of Ireland, to all of our economic ties, our diplomatic ties. But at the same time, to... That is fantastic. It's a family thing, everybody. My grandma was here. I worked in a bar here when I was a kid when my grandpa died. It's all about the family, y'all. And also, we want to reassure the Republic of Ireland that the United States is behind them. To have an opportunity to to uh, connect to the roots of my family, I think supports the relationship mm. between the United States and Ireland. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about if you think about the bonds that exist between the Irish people and the American people, they have much to do with shared heritage. They have much to do with family, and that's why it was important for me before our original trip plan uh, to at least spend one night in Dunebeg. And I and I understand political attacks by Democrats, but um, um, if you have a chance to get to Dunebeg, you'll find it's a fairly small place, uh, and uh, the opportunity to stay at Trump National in Dunebeg to accommodate the unique footprint uh, that comes with our security detail and other personnel. 
See that pivot there? Mm-hmm. Ah, it's about the family in Ireland and reinforcing blah, blah, blah. I wanted to save just one night because of my grandma. Also, Secret Service. Because it took me this long talking to come up with some other kind of excuse. Uh, made it logical. We checked it with the State Department. Uh, they approved us staying there. And and I was, uh, I was pleased to have the opportunity to return to that family hometown and to be able to stay there uh, and... Um, and not just on a personal level, but also to do it, do it in a way that uh, helps me celebrate with the people of Ireland uh, the connection that so many tens of millions of Americans feel to the Emerald Isle. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So there's not a hotel in the entire city of Dublin that could have accommodated a head of state. Could have accommodated Mike Pence. Get the fuck out of here. That is ridiculous. They're doing it because Donald Trump recommended it. So he can make money off of this trip. Well, all I heard there was a commercial for Donald Trump. Yeah. That's all that I heard. Ugh. So if that was his attempt at not doing that, pretty poor attempt. So this leads us to, again, Republicans not being able to call out Donald Trump. No one is saying, yeah, hey, this is unethical. You shouldn't be staying in a Trump resort, even if it's just to shun the image of impropriety. Avoid the perception that you might be doing something wrong, mm-hmm. unethical. Yeah. No one says that. Mm-hmm. Listen to this clip from Fox News with new Repu- or new Donald Trump critic, Joe Walsh, who's a racist, who's a piece of shit, but he's going to capitalize on his Donald Trump hate and try to run for president. But he's on with Stuart Varney. Ugh. And this is a remarkable exchange between these two dudes. Stuart Varney, and this is, again, I don't know why something's wrong with me that this still shocks me. Let me explain, and then you can jump in and disagree. I do believe we've never had a situation like this where we have a president who we fundamentally can't believe. I do believe he lies virtually every time he opens his mouth. Give me an example. I believe Stuart I'll give you an example just from yesterday, and even his staff, Stuart, admitted that he lied this week when he said there were high-level phone calls between the United States and China. Trump said that repeatedly. His staff came out yesterday and admittedly admitted that the president of the United States lied to the world to manipulate the markets. I have a problem with that. They did. That's not a lie. Let's not get technical. That's not a lie. lie. No, it's not a lie. If the man says, and he did, that high-level talks had been held with China, that is not a lie. They were held with China. Stewart, he said there were high-level phone calls with Chinese officials. His staff admitted that was not true, that he lied in order to manipulate the market. Okay, give me another Period. one. Give me another one. That, it, that doesn't he work. He said that his... He's, <laughs> hey, Stuart, really, you don't believe that that's a lie? No, I don't. You don't? And I really object to you saying to me, and you know it is, Stuart. I do not know it Stuart, is. And please don't do you bring believe- me to your nonsense. Stuart, do you believe this president lies? No. You don't believe he's ever lied? He exaggerates and spins. <laughs> okay, do you believe he's ever told the American people a lie? No. Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> so Stuart Varney is 71 years old. Yeah. And you hear him making the argument of a child. Excuse me, Billy, are you lying to me? No, I'm exaggerating. And don't include me in your nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> Stuart. Um, but Stuart Varney, for those of you who don't know, is a commentator, a host on Fox Business Network. Born and raised in South Carolina, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are your nonsense? Um, 71 years old, though, and yeah. still making such a childish argument. Of course, according to the, Osh- uh, the Washington Post, not the Washington Post. Or the Oshkoshin. Oshkosh. Bagosh. Wisconsin. Uh, Donald Trump has lied an average of 13 times a day since yeah. becoming president. Yeah. Over 12,000 times. And Stuart Varney's like, mm, he's just kidding. He likes to tell jokes. I also like the, let's, let's not get technical. Technical. He, if anybody should be being technical about the, uh, someone lying, it's surrounding the president of the United States of America for whom there used to be consequences for lying. Shouldn't also the host on Fox Business Network be concerned with with being technical? <laughs> You'd think. Right? You'd think. But he doesn't care about that. <laughs> anyway, this is the world we live in, everybody. Good fucking times. We would love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. Taking care of biz. So we definitely need to end this one on a positive note, especially yeah. with all of the terrible news that we have had. Um, also reflecting back a little bit ago to when we were talking about Hurricane Dorian there have been 21 confirmed deaths. Mm. So that that is obviously not the the good news that we wanted to end the show on. But there was an anonymous Good Samaritan who stepped into a Costco in Florida. Mm. And he left with 100 generators. Wow. All of which are now headed to the Bahamas. 100 generators. He purchased... worth of products from Costco. 50 grand worth of things. Right. He got 100 generators, peas, beans, coffee, salt, pepper, and other essentials. And this was from a Costco in Jacksonville, Florida. Who is is he? He will not release his name. He doesn't want the focus to be on him. Solid. Right. Um, And so that is going to be headed to the Bahamas. Um. He did say, quote, it's important that we help each other out. It's better than just sitting there. You see a need and you fill it. It is nice to say, let's give a little bit of praise where praise is due and where we don't normally give it. And that's that Marco Rubio and Rick Scott have both asked the administration to to ease the restrictions on visas for uh, Bahamians who need to get the fuck out of there and come to some place that's safe to recover and recoup. Uh, and hopefully they do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we just need to do a better job. And I don't think our side needs to do a better job. I'm just lumping everybody in. Mm-hmm. We need to do a better job of coming together in moments like this and not making it about what color you are, where you're from, the previous history of your government, like with Puerto Rico. 
People are in need. They're desperate. They're dying. And things are only going to get worse if we don't do something and help out. And I really hope that that uh, we as a country extend a helping hand and do do the right thing. Yeah, it's going to be difficult, obviously, for the supplies to get to the islands. Um, but it, they are going to be transported by boat. Yeah. And so hopefully they get there. Hopefully. There's a lot of water. A lot of ocean water. Yes. You know. mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it's just great uh, that there are people who see the news. Absolutely. Think, what can I do? And then they go out there and they do it. I yeah. just, I think that's really great. And I think we need to be reminded of that because a lot of times we log onto the computer and we just scroll through and we see the most horrific headlines and we think, Jesus, what world are we yeah. living in right now? Also, given of your giving selflessly of your treasure. Absolutely. 50 grand. Yes. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. All right. I think we're going to end it there. Brittany Page, you've got a couple other things, but we can push them to next time. Yep. Again, we'd love to hear from you. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We'd love for you to vote for us as the best local podcast in Orange County, California. Go to the Facebook page, the I Doubt It with Dollamore podcast Facebook page, and it's pinned right to the top. It's the top post Click the link, go to Arts and Entertainment, find us, click us, go to the bottom, type in your address, and hit submit. We love you guys. We'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It. Like, hey, have you ever thought about teaching people how to say your name by saying that it rhymes with Gouda? 